Welcome back to episode 150 of Your Best Year Starts Here with me, Neil Martin, and my good friend, Mr. Nigel Risner. Episode 150, 150. And I was thinking, Nigel, of like all the things we could do that'd be special for episode 150. And my first thought was, you know, is there like a list of 150 things? But it would take way too long. And then I thought, should we do an episode that's 150 minutes long? But most of our episodes are 15 minutes long, so or 12 minutes long. So that'd be like at least 10 episodes in one episode, which I think would be insane and make no sense at all and be two and a half hours long. And I don't want to do that. And I don't think either of us have got the attention span for it. So I don't know exactly what we should do to celebrate 150 episodes, other than I thought maybe talking about the thing that's got us here. Well, that's really interesting because the thing that's got us here isn't necessarily going to get us to the place we want to get to. And I had an incident a couple of weeks ago which will sum up exactly everything that encompasses everything that we've shared over the last 150 episodes and to share that however good we think we are, sometimes we can lose it. And I did. <laughs> and everything that I've learned over the last 149 episodes, I didn't follow, I didn't go with, and I just lost my shit. Okay, well, before we get to that bit, the, like the thinking in my head was, the thing I think that's got us here is consistency. That's it. It's yeah. nothing more than that. It's just consistency. But also, there's um, th- there's something that I quite often share when I'm teaching stuff from stage that I think is relevant here. And I kind of, I was talking to somebody else about it this morning, actually. And I just thought, you know what, let's mention it in this episode. And it's a question I very often ask, which is, did you learn to drive in your dream car? Are you asking me? Is it, I, I don't know if it was a rhetorical question. Well, yet. you can answer. I didn't. Definitely. No, exactly. Very few people, if anybody do, does, right? Almost everyone learns to drive in a car that is not their dream car. But once you learn to drive, could you drive any car? Uh, in theory, yes. Yeah, in theory, right? So in theory, if that perfect opportunity you've been waiting for for years was to show up and you've learned how to drive, you could take the opportunity. But if you've been waiting for that perfect opportunity and you haven't actually started and you're not ready for it, how successful are you going to be in taking the opportunity when it shows up? And I think for us, if I look back over this 150 episodes, you know, the first four we did, we didn't even know what we were going to call the thing. We didn't have a theme tune. We didn't, there's loads of things we didn't have when we recorded, recorded those first four episodes. All we actually had were a couple of cheap microphones plugged into a dictaphone and we hoped we'd figure something out. You know, then we changed the equipment a couple of times in the process. You know, we started to refine our message of what we're doing a bit more. And we started to you know, grow an audience and everything around this podcast. But in the beginning, we had no idea. We just thought we'd start. And I think for it a lot of people, you, I think for a lot of people, mic, it's about just starting and, and, and going from there, really, you know. Your mic and your sound look about a millisecond behind time. Really? It's quite clear, then. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe it's me. Could be, yeah, could be, yeah, could be Zoom. I'm admiring your new beauty with your new look, yeah, because <laughs> um, you're wearing a, a shirt there. You know, so yeah, very, I thought, very, very, again, 150 episodes, I thought I'd make an effort and actually put a proper shirt on rather than just being like a T-shirt and a hoodie. I actually well, changed before getting on camera, believe it or not. You see, I, I'm wearing a T-shirt that I couldn't get into, so I was very excited. This is my <laughs> you know, new T-shirt that I could get into. But, you know, but you're right about this consistency and normality, and I say it in both ways because... This is the new norm. 
You know, yeah. so he's waiting for a, a new norm. This is the norm. And, you know, when we, we we have this idea that when I do that, then I'll be able to do this. And if I've read enough books, then I can do that. What we've realized over the 150 episodes is it, it's obviously much better if we can be in person and yep. we can do it together. But when you can't, you've got to find another way of doing it. And then I've been in another country. You've been in another country. We've been in different hotels. And then we've been in, in my home. We've been in your home, whatever it might be. But what is, you've got to make a decision is, is what you're doing right now in integrity, more importantly, and congruent with where you want to be. Yeah. And you all know that when your life's not working, it's because either you're out of integrity, you're not congruent with your beliefs, etc. You know, you're 75 day hard, my diet, which I'm still working on, and still losing weight, which is really encouraging. It's because we are regularly doing stuff that makes a difference. Yep. You know, it's, you know, that, that Zig Ziglar comment, you know, to having seven apples in one day won't keep the dentist away. Is having an apple a day will probably keep the dentist away. The problem is most people, and you've been on some very heavy motivational seminars where you've either been running it or been on the team. Yeah. And I won't mention any names where you've got a massive motivational session last three days and everyone is pumped. Yep. There's only one place you're ever going to go after you've had one of those weekends, and it's called going down, because you're consistently not doing the stuff that you committed to do. Well, I mean, it's interesting. You, you know, you mentioned 75 hard there, and we've we've talked about it quite a bit in different episodes. And, you know, for anyone that has no idea what we're talking about, just Google 75 hard Andy Frisella. Um, that's the guy that came up with it. But it's a 75-day pretty intense thing to do, and it's called 75 hard because it actually is hard. It's definitely not easy. Um but, you know, I, I'll i be honest enough to say after 75 hard, I've almost done 75 days off. And not quite, not quite, but I, you know, what I have done is gone, I'm not going to push myself to that extreme and I know I can jump back on this and whatever. But, and this is the important bit, I'm still feeling the benefit of those 75 days, even though it's probably been about 75 days since I finished and I haven't followed the regime since. You know, I'm still feeling the benefit of it because intense bursts of effort can create massive results that, that that continue. But you're right, they dwindle. You know, and if you go on like a three day seminar and you go on some some big event with, you know, some of the biggest names in the world around specific things, you will leave that thing pumped up and excited and with all kinds of great intention. And if you don't follow through on the intention, you will start to beat yourself up about, oh, I haven't done this, I haven't done this. And the more time goes by without taking any kind of action, the more you beat yourself up and the more you almost go backwards, maybe even, and this is a really bold thing to say about the, the personal development industry, but I think some people even go back to fur- go further back than they were when they started if they don't take any action. You know, but the reason that is because they now don't believe in the hype that they thought because they're not seeing the results. So if you think about the 150 episodes we've done, if people, if people had have listened to it, listened to it a second time, done one action per 150 episodes, I promise you, and I can say this, their lives would have changed. If you did the mirror exercise for 35, if 30 days, if you constantly did your 10,000 steps for 30 days, if you didn't eat as much chocolate, whatever the thing is for 30 days, you'd start seeing benefits. The problem is we live in an expectation economy where we think everything's just going to happen. So, you know, we go onto Amazon and you can have a delivery in two hours. We go to the gym and because membership is relatively easy, we think we should get r- rapid results. 
I honestly believe transformation, health, uh, relationships probably take a year and then you're just at level one. The problem is there's always some video that says you can transform your lives in 30 days. Well, I'd be curious to really see that person's video and that person's relationship for the, for, you know, forget what you see on image of Photoshopping and everything else. I know it took me a long time to lose the weight. And I know in a way that if I continue the journey I'm on, and then I do a different exercise in a year's time, I would like to think I'm within three pounds of whatever the weight mm-hmm. I get to. The same as my relationship with my wife, the same as my relationship with my kids. Um, you know, I mentioned to you that my son, daughter, and grandson have moved in. And what's amazing, and I was trying to, I was going to bring him on. I was, he was going to be offered in his first podcast. He is constantly being spoken to, informed, uh, shared, and he has rituals. And it's amazing that if you give him those rituals and daily, you know, he wakes up and he has his breakfast, then he has a nap, then he has playtime, then he has a nap, then he has something to feed, then he gets some fresh air. At 6.30, we have a policy, and my mother did it to me, which was called tea, bath, and bed. It didn't matter who was coming over at 7 o'clock. If you weren't there before quarter to 7, you didn't see the baby. What's then interesting, and this is going to upset loads of parents who say, we've done all of that, and it still doesn't happen. Babies, if they have a routine, sleep. Yep. Now, there are some babies that are just terrible sleepers and don't. Yep. Yeah, it's but not totally, It's not always that straightforward, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, that's why I'm giving a, uh, a little bit of leeway here. But where there is consistency and there is routine, it is amazing the results that occur. We have forgotten about most of these routines. It's no different, and I don't know when this episode will be going out. Monday, so less than a week. A petrol pandemic that is going on in the UK, because instead of just doing your petrol like you normally would, there was a bit of press that there was no petrol, and people within seven minutes had to fill up, and they took their jerry can and everything else. Well, of course there's a problem. The problem is if you don't do consistent action, you get inconsistent results. Yep. So the question is, is your life working to the best of your ability? And if you were to look at the week that it worked the best, the weeks that our podcast have been the best, is because we've done certain things in a certain way. We've recorded the episodes in a good space. But when we've had to rush it because one of us has either missed it or we can't quite get there, and then we've had a bad week and we've had a bad food week and we've had a bad relationship week, I'll put money on. Maybe the episodes aren't as good. Yep. Well, then we wonder why the results don't show up. It's because we don't have consistency. Yeah, well, it's interesting you talk about the fuel crisis, okay? Um, and let's, you know, let, let's touch on that for a minute. I did wonder if that would end up being a, a topic on, you know, one of the episodes that we're recording today. And given that this is the first one to go out and it's going in just a few days, it kind of makes sense to include it in here. And here's, here's the thing for me, you know, I was going to talk about this more in terms of scarcity and marketing and all of that kind of stuff. Because whether it was intentional or not, the statement that came out from BP basically saying, hey, we've run out of fuel in a few of our fuel stations because we're having problems getting deliveries, has created a demand and created scarcity where lots of people have gone, oh no, I'm not going to be able to put petrol in my car, I need to go and get it now. Right? That, that's what's happened. And, you know, where I live, literally, you can come out of my street, turn left, turn left again, and there's a petrol station. The queue from that was so horrendous yesterday after they'd had a tanker deliver fuel that it was affecting getting out of my street. 
And I'm not, you know, and you've got to go around That's two. Because it went on Facebook in Cheltenham or Gloucester exactly. or Sussex. Exactly. Exactly. And you've got to go around two corners to get there. There's a set of traffic lights. And the problem is that the, the, the queue for the petrol station is blocking the traffic lights. And so there's this huge knock on effect from it. But here's the thing that, you know, it's been in the news and it's it's common sense. But unfortunately, that doesn't mean that it's being applied. If everybody continued as normal, the people that need fuel would be able to get it. The people who are filling up cars, they're going to leave on their driveways. Well, they're going to leave them on their driveways. So it doesn't matter if they haven't got fuel in them. You know, I saw a lovely line that said, you need to be really careful about filling out. If too many parents fill up with petrol, teachers won't get into school, and then and you'll be teaching them yourself. Yeah, but uh, his, no, his, no, 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 there'll be homeschooling. Yeah. because of the of the way because the teachers, because teachers but, can't get there. Yeah, but but here's the thing for me that I think actually is really interesting: the the petrol station around the corner and a few of the other sort of big brands have basically said, okay, we're going to put a, a spend limit of thirty pounds maximum to make sure everyone that wants fuel can get some. Okay, I think they got it the wrong way round. And I was talking about this last night with, 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 with somebody, and I think it's the wrong way round. In fact, it wasn't me that came up with it. They did. And it's like, but it is. It's the wrong way round. It should be a £30 minimum spend. As in, if your car doesn't have room for £30 worth of fuel, it has quite a few miles in the tank still. You don't need to fill up right now. You know, use the miles that you've already got, then put fuel in. And if people were going to the petrol station, they've only got room for a tenner and it was going to cost them 30 quid. Most people wouldn't bother. But there is a massive queue of people who are going to the brim of their tank and it's only costing them £8, £10, £14, whatever the amount is. You know, it's a tiny amount of money because the tank was almost full already, but they're panicking and thinking they need it completely full. If we went the other way around and said there's a minimum spend, like it wouldn't happen. We wouldn't yeah, be we, in that we, place. We're going deep into government issues now. I know so we I are, but... Change the I, I just want to change the energy. <laughs> it's got it's, nothing it's, to do with consistency and where we started either, but, you know, you got me on one here. You got me on one But Here's the take for me on how well we've done and, and we get to see feedback from the people who are listening. But 150 episodes, bearing in mind with someone like me, I thought we would never get to 20 because we started before Christmas 2000 and... 18? 18. Yeah, nearly three years ago. Yeah. It is amazing, but I think we both agreed that if we were going to get this to work, we had to be consistent and without doing a formal partnership and promise that that's what we do. And what's interesting with podcasts is that you don't know necessarily the return on the investment because it goes out to many other people who then share the information. The question is, what could you do today to spread your corporate message or your business message on a consistent basis, knowing you may never hear back from the first person or second person or even third person. So, I mean, it's amazing. I'm now, I've done two live events. I have, ironically, a small and a big one on Thursday this week. Mm -hmm. One has come to me from a client who saw me 12 years ago. And the other is from someone who's never heard me speak, but has heard about my reputation. Now, I don't know where they've heard it from, but if you put stuff out, with integrity, with consistency, people start to listen. LinkedIn's a very interesting tool because I get many more views than I've got followers. 
yeah. which means second and third people are getting it. But the thing I'm always interested, and it's a bit weird because my self-esteem gets excited by this, I'm always curious who is sharing my content to other people, yeah. especially when it's a personal story. Yeah. Because I don't, why would someone want to share my story about either my weight loss or about my grandson, whatever it might be, but they obviously think it has value and there's a message behind it for their friends or their listeners, their listeners, their followers to follow. Yes. So if you are into social media, be worried, slightly less worried about likes and get more interested in who is sharing your content because that's the way to build up your reputation. But you've got to do it consistently. It's interesting. One, one of the things that I've been teaching for years around this is don't create content for your followers, create it for their friends. And what, what I mean by that is create stuff that the people that follow you will want other people to see. So, you know, if I share this thing, it makes me look cool because I'm sharing this thing that's somebody else's thing. But, you know, for me for me to share it, it has to be something where I'm going to look good because I'm sharing it or I'm going to feel good because I'm passing on that message. So think about how do you create content in such a way that you know, other people will want even more people to see it and for them to be associated with it in the process. And if you put something that's too kind of downbeat or too negative, where for me to be associated, I'm kind of saying something negative about myself, I'm probably not going to share that thing. I might be interested in it. I might read it. I might private message you, but I'm probably not going to share it out to more people. Whereas if it's something that you know paints me in a positive light, I'm much more likely to go, hey, you know, or that I think will genuinely add value to my friends or whatever. I'm much more likely to go, hey, check this out. Have a look at this thing. You know, so, well, so, so you're dead, so you're dead right. The, the sharing episode. thing is important. Well, I'll share the next episode, my episode with my local doctor, because it's not worth sharing. But it's interesting how I lost all sense of me in a moment of madness where that's what we do and you need to be really aware of what the consequences could be. Fortunately, I've got away with it, but my behaviour definitely wasn't acceptable, but I did lose it. Okay, well, we'll pick that one up in the next episode. I think the one other thing to um, to just sort of say while we're on this this thing of, you know, social media and sharing and all of that, well, two things actually. One is if you get value from what we do, then please do share this. You know, 150 episodes, there's a there's a big back, back catalogue now for people to go through. But I think the other thing I wanted to say was I was at um, – have you ever been in the audience of an event and then ended up becoming a speaker? So you didn't know you were going to be speaking at the event. You're in the audience and suddenly you're actually in front of a big, you know, you're, you're in front of the big audience with a microphone in your hand, speaking to that audience because you happen to know one of the other speakers on stage. Uh, yes. And I avoid it like the plague, which okay. is really weird. Well, I had that happen to me, um, 2009, yeah, 2019 uh, in Denver, Colorado, <clears throat> there was a conversation being had about content creation and about the importance of doing it and doing it consistently and all of this kind of stuff. And I happened to know like the main speaker for the whole event and I took him to one side during one of the breaks and I just sort of said, that thing you've just been talking about, um, this is a tangible result of it. And I showed him some stuff on my phone where basically I'd had people buying stuff off the back of content whilst I was effectively switched off from the internet, but I was just checking like email in the break and I had all these orders had come in. And um, he was like, can you, can you share that? So I ended up unexpectedly sharing that story, but it ties in with what you're saying here about things like LinkedIn, you know, 
whatever content you put out, you don't always see what the result of that is. Sometimes you put something out with a direct call to action and you know from that direct call to action whether it's worked. You know, hey, I'm running this event or hey, I'm doing this thing or hey, I'm selling this thing or hey, I'm launching this book. You know, you can see a semi-tangible uh, correlation between sales and, and the content you put out. Other times there can be content you put out where you're not selling anything. You know, this podcast, we don't sell anything. We're just here. So it's almost impossible to see what the direct return on investment you know, in a monetary term is against us doing this podcast. But I can tell you that I've had like coaching clients or speaking engagements or whatever that eventually in the conversation it's come out, oh yeah, I found you by listening to your podcast. So it's definitely there. It's just not always immediately obvious. And so my advice to anybody with a business is, you know, you used to, if you wanted to be on TV or radio, you had to spend a lot of money to actually get someone to run your ads, or you had to be so newsworthy that they'd want to talk to you anyway. Now you don't need someone else to say that you're interesting. You can say you're interesting yourself and you can publish yourself. And if you are interesting, you'll build a following and you'll end up with people doing exactly like you just said, you know, sharing your stuff and very often the things you least expect. So anyway, we've gone for 20 minutes and I think that's probably long enough for this episode. So I think we should wrap it up there. Like I said before, if you get value, do share our episodes with other people. You know, Take a screenshot of it on your phone where you're listening to it and just bung that on social media. That's the easiest thing to do. And um, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Your best shit is not